0: Welcome to the Like a Dance Boss podcast. My name's Jess and each episode, I'll be interviewing a dance studio owner from around Australia. Tune in to find out their tips and tricks, the secrets to their success, and how they cope with the daily stresses of running a dance studio. Please also check out my website, likeadanceboss.com.au for everything that you need to run a dance studio. Here, you can find checklists, templates, articles, and lots of things to make your life easier when running a dance studio day-to-day. Day. Well, thank you, Jack, for chatting with me today. It's really nice to have you on board um, this podcast, and I'm sure a lot of people are really interested in your story. So can we start with you telling me about your studio, like its name, where is it, how long have you had yep. it?
1: Well, firstly, thanks for having me as well. I appreciate the... Um you reaching out and getting me on. So, uh, cheers for that. And um, my studio is called, well, it's called Momentum. Um, Predominantly hip-hop and acro, but I plan on next year sort of hitting the ground running after the whole corona situation and trying to branch out a little more into other styles. Um, We're based in, I have a studio that is in Brighton, or Mm -hmm. technically Week but say Brighton because a lot of people know where that is and um another one in Mont Albert.
0: How far from the city would both of those locations be?
1: Uh it's probably like a 30 minute trip to get yep. to the Bourbon one and then probably only like a 25 20 minute trip to get to the Brighton one depending on whether you know the back streets.
0: Yeah and what's behind the name how did you decide on that?
1: Oh, that's a fun one, actually. So back in the day, about 10 years ago, when I first moved to Melbourne, I joined a crew, a dance crew, mm-hmm. that was originally called Beatphonic. Go look them up. They were the Ant's Pants. Back I there. do remember watching them. Yeah, yeah. So um, we had like a little sit down within that crew at one point. I can't remember, not, I remember why exactly, but basically it was like a rebranding situation. And I, um, hold on one second. Anyway, and we're back. Good. I have a dog, guys. Sorry, a little sausage dog. Um, so, uh, yeah, we had this, like, kind of sit-down chat, tried to rebrand, um, and we were throwing out ideas, and I said I liked the name Momentum, and the whole entire crew, like, basically shut it down. They were like, no, we don't like it. We're not into it. And I was, like, a little bit devastated, but whatever. We ended up running with this another name called Soul Symphony, which I enjoyed. Um, but I've always had this, like, kind of... Uh, I don't know um, urge to try and get something going with that name. I just think it's like a really cool kind of concept to have something called and I know momentum energy exists and I feel like they're kind of on brand in the same kind of way like the idea that like you know forwards momentum will continue propelling you yeah. it's like a nonstop force um, and you know the idea that it yeah, will sort of keep expanding and growing because that's just the ethos of the school essentially yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. And what made you pick those locations that you're in?
1: Uh, So originally, when I first started them, I was living in Caulfield, um, which was sort of in the middle. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Denise Wong, who I used to take my class at the space, my adults class, who basically she, she said to me, look, we like, I love your style. She used to bring her kids into like my beginner adult class. Even though it was an adult class, they still rocked it out loved my energy she was like i think you really need to bring that energy into the bayside area because i think there's something there that you could really like tap into mm-hmm. um so that was a actually that that was my second location to start originally i i picked borwin um which we then moved to Mont Albert. that was the first spot and i think i just went there because i didn't really see a whole lot of dance schools in that area a bit of a um, a yeah. bit of a blank spot and then yeah brighton came after denise sort of suggested that I look into it and and here we are.
0: And are you happy with two locations or are you running the type of studio that you think could expand and be in even more locations?
1: Yeah well look I think I mean originally back in the day my uh, approach was going to be uh, sort of I mean almost the opposite of what most people's is um, I think a lot of dance school owners, like, you know, they go down and I, there's nothing wrong with this in any way, but I feel like the, the more common approach is to go down the studio, you know, like three or four um, studios within your warehouse location or whatever it might be, and then you have like a bigger pool, whereas yeah. I actually had always intended on sort of having these low cost, you know, minimal overhead um, setups yeah. uh, where I could kind of have maybe... I, I actually imagined like six locations, like and one a day. I would, yeah, pretty much. But I would end up, I would end up running. I would probably say three days of the week at most, and then I could possibly like palm off some of the director role to sort of like the head teachers in the area. Um, yeah. I think given the fact that I'm connected to the full time industry still, so I have a lot of um, teaching within the full time studios. I'm, I'm actually fortunate enough that I get to see a lot of the. You know upcoming kind of talent coming out of that area and and a lot of them will approach me and say look i'm not really interested in a performer's career but i would love to dive into more of a teaching role mm-hmm. um and so in with that i've kind of been able to go okay look i'll grab you and i'm going to use you for workshops here and there and here and eventually ideally pass a little bit of the you know onus on one of the studios onto them but yeah. i was only two studios deep and then the corona explosion so
0: yeah and And that's that's a great idea it's almost like franchising out your studio
1: yeah that's the plan and I guess I figured like low cost and I I mean my my uh how do you say it um I guess where I came from with dance was very uh, it wasn't really like competitive based it was a little bit more recreational because we all know what that word means um in saying that I was still there like three days a week doing stuff but Um, I guess I wanted to try and recreate that sort of energy. Like, I didn't come from a school where we had people there, you know, like every night training jazz tap ballet. Like, it was predominantly, like, a funk school. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess I wanted to, I mean, I don't know, you sort of, you are your environment, aren't you? So I sort of ended up just sort of pursuing that as a direction. Um, So, yeah, watch this space. We'll see where we end up in a few years.
0: Yeah, I'm sure as soon as lockdown's over, you'll be able to hit the ground running and pick up where you left off and then add some more locations and get everything moving.
1: That's the plan. Momentum,
0: that's what's gonna happen. You're gonna have some pretty fierce momentum.
1: <laughs> that's it. Um, I always say momentum never, never stops. It simply changes direction.
0: Hmm. And when and why did you open the studio? Um, when? Uh,
1: 2015. So okay. 2015 was the day I opened the doors, but I don't know if everyone else on this podcast like hit the ground running. I did not. I <laughs> learned the hard way. Um, I'm assuming some others out there probably have done the same thing. But basically, I opened the doors expecting the fact that I'd made a little crappy website and had the you know, keys to a little crappy scout hall that I was just going to have 200 people coming in the doors, no yeah. problems, no advertising, no marketing. Yeah, just because it's out there, it's going to happen. Nope, that's not how it works, guys. You do need to actually push it a little. So I, um, I would walk down into the studio, you know, every Wednesday, every Friday night, open the doors, sit in the room, thinking, Aww. why is no one coming? Why is no one coming to my classes? <laughs> I don't understand. What the hell's going on? And then I started promoting like a little open class sort of type thing, which was purely yeah. just like a friend scenario, which drew a few people in. Um, and then I started connecting with a few of the schools in the area. Like I think the classic kind of you know um, push approach um and then like primary
0: schools and high schools
1: yeah primary and high schools in the area this is predominantly the Baldwin one Uh, I was fortunate enough to be connected to like maybe 10 or 15 parents in my Brighton location that really allowed me to like uh start with something as opposed to like three months three months of no students and then yeah just trickles trickles started with I don't know, two classes of like five kids each yeah. or, uh, for actually a while. The, the growth of my studio has been really, um, it's been organic, but I think it's been really like, uh, how would you say it? It's like exponential growth, but not compounding. So it's not like I've gone two, four, six, yeah. eight, 10. It's like I went from 15 students, tiny little, you know, two days a week <laughs> or whatever to like now I've got a hundred students and then opened the second location that already had 50. And then, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. kind, of, it's, it's kind of grown in big leaps and bounds. So, I mean, hopefully the, the momentum continues. We'll be using that pun often. So, yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and why? The question was why? Why did I yeah, start? Yeah, why
0: did you start a studio?
1: Yeah. Um, sorry, I do a lot of like segueing. Um, why did I start? Because when I moved to Melbourne, I moved here to, to pursue a performer's career. Mm -hmm. This is um, a move from Canberra. So I grew up in the ACT in 2010. Moved down here, checked the scene out, kind of, uh, you know, networked, connected with the people that I felt like were industry leaders. And um, I mean, as much as I would support people who want to pursue that, I am a little bit more security uh, and um, consistency focused. So I just felt like, unless you were landing a musical theatre contracted role or, like, um, like a basically, in order to get consistent income, you pretty much had to move out of Melbourne. Yeah. And I had just moved into Melbourne. So I was, like, I'm going to... I, I still really, really love teaching. Like, it was something that I really, really enjoyed the whole entire time that I was planning on being a performer. Um, and then I guess I, you know, had this brand and started building... People enjoyed it. I started enjoying it more and yeah, here we are. So yeah, I mean, I never fully planned on starting a school when I moved, but it sort of organically happened. Yeah.
0: Why not just teach? Like what made you want to have your own studio?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. Um, Because I think I realised that I... Oh God, are you going to make me like talk about like myself, which I think is not a, no one likes to do it, but whatever. I think I know that I bring a lot of value um, and I know that I have a really good energy and I know that in terms of like spanning a, diff, a variety of ages, I think a lot of people who teach, like, I mean, you can, I, I still do now currently, I work with pre-professionals who are 20 plus years old, you know, yeah. training to to go on and be performers But I'm also quite happy to like teach five-year-olds how to step clap in time with the music. Whereas I feel like a lot of people are not comfortable doing that. And because of that, I realised I I had quite a lot of, I had a lot to offer. um, And I knew that there was going to become a time once I'd sort of networked and found my feet enough in Melbourne that I would have been able to leverage myself better. Yeah, independently as opposed mm-hmm. to just giving all this energy to all these studios um and only getting you know x amount of dollars per hour I knew that I'd yeah. be able to, to to have a bigger pool than, than the rate I was going to be making so yeah. and like, like I said I'm, I'm a little bit financially I've always been like you know not not completely money hungry and not money driven but like I I've, I realized that I had an uncapped earning potential if I was starting my own studio versus I would only ever be making X amount per hour teaching for someone else.
0: Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. And how do you um, obtain new students? Like what are your um, go-to advertising? Yeah.
1: So I've tried, I've tried Facebook. I've tried Instagram sponsors, like sponsored posts. Um, to be honest, I don't really know how effective those sort of paid marketing tactics are. I've found that because I'm fortunate enough to be in locations that are already like pre-existing uh, spots, i.e. a school, like I'm now based out of a school hall. Yeah. Um, one of the most effective things for me is just to, to chuck a bunch of signage on the wall at, like, yeah. at the end of the school day. Kids are walking past, parents are sitting up waiting for to pick their kids up. They swing past, they see the sign. I get a lot of just walking in. Oh, hey, we just want to check out what's going on here. Yeah. So it's quite, it's quite, um, I don't know, basic, that kind of form. And then, same as at the, uh, the center that I have my bowling studio. I'll say Bowen, it's technically Mount Albert. Um, that's a recreation center. So they have like bowling, swimming, yeah. taekwondo. Um, so there's a lot of just on foot traffic coming around there anyway. Yeah. Um, And then in terms of like, I mean, externally, yeah, I've approached schools and asked to do flyers in the newsletters. I've done, (laughs) when I first started, I think I walked the whole entire suburb of (laughs) Portland and I I think I had 10,000 flyers and I had three people
0: arrive.
1: (laughs) 10,000 flyer drops. I just learned my lesson there. So I haven't done that again. Um, but yeah, I, I don't was know, thinking this...
0: that that's a good advertising tactic for now though, like because I'm doing so much walking during lockdown, I True, feel like yes. I could spend my hour dropping flyers, but my studio is like 40 minutes from where I live. So there's not really well, po- any point dropping flyers in this 5K radius.
1: <laughs> yes, it might. I mean, you might get a few who are willing to make the trek, but yeah, I see where you're coming from. I'm a bit the same. So I still live at least 25, 30 minutes away from my... Albert location and yeah then at, like almost an hours away from the Brighton location like depending on traffic so yeah, yeah I think it's mostly what we can do over our computer right like yeah
0: how, how good it but works. I think the advertising that you have is amazing like when I started my school and I was using school holes and I used a community center hole next door to a kindergarten and yeah it was amazing I, I feel like inquiries did just fly in every day because people saw the yeah. sign or even better they saw the dancers like dancing their way to the car after class and yeah that's, like, it. that's amazing advertising
1: and i think you know everyone relies on that sort of end of year show as well like when family yeah. and friends rock a lot up, yeah. have a look and they like what they see yeah i think that's also a big big um pull for Thanks
0: for bringing that up because we, we're not able to have concerts this year. So
1: yeah yep, you're welcome. <laughs> so we'll all uh, suffer for that. No, I don't yep. believe that. I've spoken to a lot of studio owners who are freaking out about next year and I think I think there's going to be a spike in interest. I believe most people will have like you know 90% of their students come back. they'll just be eager to, to kick off and yep. dance again. so I'm, I'm not even stressed about that. everyone's gonna be fine.
0: Thanks Jack.
1: You're welcome, Jess. <laughs>
0: And being a a niche school, do you Mm. find that that works really well for you? Because it's, you know, a clear clear path. People know what they're getting into. Where with my school, we offer, you know, every style under the sun. I guess it can be hard for parents to navigate their way through that.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, when you're playing with the big boys like you and you're, you know, when you're you're offering... I think when you're offering many things, you, you there is a sort of a, a expectation that you need to at least be good at the majority of them. Yeah. Whereas if you're only offering one or two styles or disciplines, I mean, generally you're gonna assume that you're good at those. Like no, no one's gonna say, okay, you're only offering two styles, hip hop and acro. I'm sure your acro program's horrendous, but your hip hop program's good.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? So I guess in that sense, yeah, I, I have found it to be, um, a bit of enticing for students, particularly, like, I found that aqua recently has been such a big thing. Everyone wants to learn to flip around and, and um, do tricks, but I, I, that's why I want to start doing other styles and other disciplines, because what I've found is when I go and do workshops at the schools that offer more than just, uh, like, what I'm doing, yep. urban styles, as bad as it is, and I'm sort of almost talking about this, the genre that I love, but a lot of people who only do the urban stuff, they have no, like, they have no sort of control or strength in the muscles that you need to develop acro. Yeah. Like, I'll go into a studio who's predominantly ballet focused, and they get their acro tricks fast because they've, you know, worked on that, so yeah. that muscle growth and development. Um, hence why I want to branch out a little. Because I do think having a school that offers all styles is going to, I mean, it's going to allow you more students, but also you're going to develop better dancers as well. Obviously. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: And what performance opportunities do you give your students, seeing that you, you know, are restricted to acro and hip-hop?
1: <laughs> yeah, so we had, I I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say it here, but we had uh, a full crew that I had prepped, and we were, like, three minutes into our very first ever comp routine that mm. was, like, a solid... 18 months in the making like it was it was probably one of the best things I've ever made that takes all other studios and all other full-time schools into account because I just wanted to come out with you know as my first uh performance thing that Mm. I'd ever done with my school I just wanted to be the best possible so I have a, uh, we call it a crew. I know a lot of yeah. other schools call them troops. So I have a tr- uh, like a crew that is basically for those who want to do a little bit more performing. But I found, and I'm not even, I think I've just learned to accept it. I found that the, the people that are attracted to my brand and my school are actually not in t- overly interested in doing much other than an end of year showcase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I used to sort of frustrate me because I'd be like, guys, you know, like, don't you want to show everyone the things you're yeah. learning? And they were quite happy to just come and be in the class, hang with their friends, look good in the mirror, and then peace out. Like they didn't yeah. really need to take it beyond that. So yeah, the crew is just an opportunity for those who do want to sort of pursue a little more. So you left um, me
0: hanging. What happened? You were three minutes into the routine, oh, we were, and then oh, what? No
1: and then and then corona and then corona we we were going to do our first comps at the end of this year you know like that was all yeah. well, this this year middle of this year but we just didn't get to cuz you know the world shut down so um, yeah that was a, that was a massive bummer and now it's been so long that i've seen all of them together yeah uh, you know i'm sure everyone's in the same boat like you know trying to maintain sort of positions and and yeah, I have a lot of kids who are in year 12 as well. So a lot of them have decided to just take a break from the online yeah. learning. So it'll be really right interesting
0: now. to see the kids back in class with the choreography that they've maintained online. I think it'll prove how important it is for the kids to actually be in the room at the same time learning choreography if you're going to perform as a group.
1: One bajillion percent. I've said it in every class I've taught. Zoom's got this really good... Um, well, it's almost like an accidentally forcing you to remember what you're doing independently. Yeah. When you're functioning in a troop or crew environment, you know, you're working as a team. So you not only need to know what you're doing, but you need to know what everyone else around you is doing, which we've just not got when we're on, you know, in our lounge rooms dancing. So yeah, it, it will be interesting. Twill.
0: And do you collaborate with other schools? Like what happens if you have a family and they do hip hop with you, but all of a sudden they want to do jazz and ballet like do you have schools that you can send kids
1: um look I don't I haven't like necessarily reached out to any specifically I do know that like a few of the schools that um like a few of the people that I'm connected to other studio owners who do not like specifically do not do hip-hop will often send kids to me um because that's what they you know they're comfortable doing that which I'm really grateful for Um, But to be honest, I don't really attract, like, when you come onto my website and you see what I offer, unless you're sort of really, really, really keen on the location itself, most of the time people will realise that if I don't offer what they want, they will generally look elsewhere anyway. Um, So, yeah, not necessarily sister schools, no. But like that's a great idea, and like I, I mean, in terms of sharing students, I do have stu- I do have a few that go you know to one other locate or another studio for something, and then they come to me for something else, which yeah. um which I support. Like I think if if everyone's happy with the situation, then like it's fine. And I think yeah. yeah, if if both schools are happy with it, then I'm all for it. So.
0: And when do you do your admin? Like, are you doing admin all day teaching?
1: Uh, yeah so I probably do i'm I'm kind of um how do I say this? I learn a bit from watching other studio owners make the wrong moves um in terms of throwing I'm themselves glad My
0: mistakes went to a good cause yeah,
1: that's it, yeah, yeah well, you know what I mean, whoever's listening to this, find yourself some mentors like if you're looking at starting up a school or if you're like i don't know trying to expand or whatever it is. I think this, these kinds of um, this material that you're putting out is so valuable. People don't realize I wish I tapped into more of this stuff when I first started, but I did, I did have a few um, mentors back in the day. And and one of the ones who uh, she, it always stuck with me. She said to me to make sure you don't end up doing everything at the school because all these kids will only want to ever be with you. So, the way I've set up my sort of admin balance, um, I actually only teach from myself. Like I only work at my own school. Up out of, uh, all of all the hours that I teach per week, I probably only work for myself for fifty percent of those. Yeah, I do. I do fifty percent of teaching at other studios, and then any of the remaining time time that I have during the day. I mean, most studio owners probably do the admin during the day is when I would do my admin. And this year was the first year ever that I had a day um, where I could just I've fully take Thursdays to so just enjoy a full day of admin and kind of getting my head around that instead of trying to do bits and pieces throughout the week. I um, changed my approach this year before corona. And it was actually, it was so nice. Just being able to knuckle down and get all the admin out of the way in one day instead of like half an hour here, half an hour there. I would I would suggest that if you can, it really works.
0: That good advice that you received, which I hundred percent agree with, is not giving yeah, your students the whole of you or only you, because yeah, it's yeah. so hard to take a break or go on a holiday if yeah <laughs> if that's they it. need you. And it's nice to be part of a team too. Like it's nice to have a team of teachers. It's nice for the kids to have different teachers.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I'm uh, I mean, yeah, finding your team is probably the most important thing. I'm not sure how many other studios have gone through the same sort of, actually, no, I know many, many have. You know, you you think you've hit the nail on the head with someone and then they, I don't know, flake out or they get another job going somewhere else. But, yeah, I'm kind of lucky at the moment I've had... My turnover has been, I will admit, slightly higher than I reckon what some others have, but that's because I'm trying to get, like, people that I think are really, really good as opposed to, like, people who are a little bit older and done with their career. I'm Mm kind of getting people in who are still possibly going to pursue the performing career. Yeah. So yeah, my, my staff have been with me for maybe two years now, most of them, um, some of them longer. So uh, yeah, it is, and a team is so important in running a business, so, so important.
0: Yeah, and it does take time. Like it's, it's not just as easy as hiring a teacher. Like you've got to really hire a teacher and, and build a relationship and a connection with the right people to create, you know, a team.
1: Yeah, yeah. think a lot of give and take happens in the dance studio like you know and there's a lot of responsibility I'm not sure how most other people run but the way I've sort of got things set up is that I don't arrive I'm not I'm not around for their classes I don't micromanage it's just not my style I employ people that I trust and I know will do the right thing and yeah be there at the right time so yeah at my Brighton location I'll have two teachers running you know at the same time concurrently for the whole afternoon and they just do their thing I'm not Step on their toes, I'm not in the way. So yeah. And and to have that trust and and know that it's all gonna work out and the building's not gonna burn down is is really important.
0: Yeah. Um, and who do you outsource to? Like do you use an accountant or a bookkeeper or do you do that yourself?
1: Um, yeah, so the I mean, the only thing that I use my accountant for is just my own personal tax at the end of the year. Um Technically, I'm still running the business as a sole trader. Yeah. However, next we were going to make the transition this year to turn me into a company. In which case, um, you know, it sort of changes your whole accounting approach. Um, yeah. But at the moment, yeah, I'm still just sort of running the whole business through Zero. Shout out to Zero; it's a very good uh, online resource. <laughs> it makes it makes bookkeeping understandable for those who I don't know sort of find it a little bit intimidating. So.
0: And do you use a software program, like a dance software program as well? Or do you just... Do so you I know? had,
1: Yeah, so I had someone sort of build uh, basically like a really smart Google sheet for yep. me um, that sort of interacts with my website, So it downloads the information onto my website and then it will sort of pick apart whatever it is, the class, the time, the age or whatever. And mm-hmm. it'll like collate those into specific um, classes and roles and sort of pre-populates all of these fields. Um, so I've just been using that and I can't imagine changing over, like, I mean, in terms of, it does get a little tricky when I'm trying to like write down kids' sizes and things like that. Like yeah. if I had a program to sort of track that kind of stuff, it would probably make my life a little easier towards the end of the year, but no, for now I'm just kind of, yeah, it's it's essentially like an Excel spreadsheet. Like it's just a, yeah. a, an intelligent one of those.
0: Yeah. Whoever your friend is, sounds like they're onto something.
1: Yeah. Well, he's a, he works for one of the big banks as like their backup house um, software engineer, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Very cool. A little bit of
1: a, a little custom job there.
0: Yeah. And what do you think is the biggest day-to-day challenge of running a studio? Obviously at the moment it's you know, due to <laughs> yeah. Corona, but you know, when we are back in the studio, what do you find the most challenging?
1: Um, I reckon most people would respond to that question with parents and dealing with like customer relations. But I, I have found, because again, like just openly admitting that my school is slightly more wrecked. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't really have to deal with a lot of like um, requests, you know, special sort of, um, service for particular families or anything like that. They're all quite relaxed and happy to go with the flow. So my most, what is, that's a very good question. What is the most challenging thing? You know what, for me, from, from something I've learned after Corona is probably just like balance, Yeah. which would come, which would come down to time management. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean purely a, like the studio owner a part of my life is only a percentage but if I get that part right along with all the other parts it can make my life flow very well so I think in terms of just like yeah time management making sure that I'm I'm sticking to deadlines and you know working efficiently and things like that it can just make the rest of my life so much easier like it means I get my Sunday off as opposed to you know trying to sit down all day and figure something out. Um, and maybe like, I don't have automations set up for like emails and things like that. So when I'm doing my invoices, it's literally one by one, that kind of thing. But, but, but those are just, I do that four times a year and then it's over. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not really complaining, to be honest. I don't really have anything that I'm like, Oh, I wish this part of my life. Yeah. Which is good. Which is good. You know, it's nice to not have something that I'm, that I resent about it.
0: I think a lot of people would agree with you that the balance is the hard part because running a small business that you're passionate about is always going to consume you and your thoughts so it is really hard to have some boundaries and yeah restrict yourself from opening the computer on a Sunday and
1: yeah that's stuff like it 100% that. trying to make sure you give leave time for the uh, other people in your life you know whether you have girlfriends. My girlfriend's just over there. Um, I know. I can ba- hear it doing this business. <laughs> <or something. laughs> She's just making us. I don't know porridge or babies and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't want your business to take over. So no, yeah, that, is, that is the hard part.
0: And what are you finding the most challenging about um, this year and COVID and lockdown and all of those things, uh, as far as the studio goes?
1: yeah so it's purely based on the studio i just think that again i i I keep starting my sentence like this but because the school is predominantly a recreational school that you know i get uh, our focus is on fun not saying that everyone else isn't like that but a lot of the kids have just found that online learning just doesn't quite cut it they don't enjoy the lack of social interaction because it is like i mean zoom is doing the best it can and, and i'm still grateful that we have it but Yeah, it just is very one-sided. It's basically like the teacher shouts at the screen and everyone just puts their thumbs up. Um, Whereas my guys, they love, you know, like interacting. They love like being around each other. Like I see a lot of the time they're on each other's Instagrams, I miss you. So what I found is like, you know, my, my, how do I say this succinctly? When I'm teaching for my own studio, like when I see my kids, because I know the energy that I'm missing out on, yeah. I, I'm finding it harder to teach my own students than I am to cover for others because I yeah. have no idea what I'm missing out on. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Yeah, so that's that's probably the hardest part for me but then in terms of like business, you know, financial, like obviously numbers are just dwindling, people are dropping out, they're not really that interested. Um, uh which yeah, I, I just don't hold against anyone. I'm just kind of, I'm basically, I just feel like this is a weird little time bubble that I just need to make do until we're back in the studio and then things will kick off and go back to the way they were. So I'm just sort of, I don't know. It's like, I'm just going whoop, over to the left for the next. <laughs> yeah, for minutes. a little bit. Yeah, and then whoop, come back in.
0: Are you able to organize Zoom sessions to just um, like chat and hang out with the students if it's that that they're missing?
1: yeah i actually see some of my mums we have a mums group and we just sit down like some friday nights and just chat on zoom and all of them have a have a drink in hand and and yeah sheree (laughs) and i my partner just on the on the couch laughing and and playing around with these parents it's really interesting actually because we obviously don't have kids so Mm. i'm not dealing with that extra pressure of being a teacher as well as a parent as well as a you know all the other jobs, all the other roles. Um, so it's just like, I kind of get to hear their sides of things and most of it is not overly positive. They are mm-hmm. not enjoying things. And because of that, I don't feel like adding more pressure by like, you know, pushing or enforcing things in the studio. So yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of like that community. All right, let's just knuckle up, get over this, like, you know, do what we need to do and then move on yeah. with this whole Corona things happening. Um, in terms of like chatting and Zooming with them, like, I mean, I don't know how, no, I don't necessarily like set up specific meetings just to hang out with them, but maybe I should, maybe I'll do one in the holidays. That's a good idea.
0: Yeah, like even a, a game session or yeah, you know, something like that. I have some ideas I can send you. A here. trivia,
1: yeah, I know you're brilliant at those sorts of things. Um, the trivia is yeah. good, but
0: I feel that's probably better for the teens and adults, but there's some great like kids games you can do online too. Yeah. So, yeah, what's students. your plan for next term? What happens if we're allowed to open? Are you going to? Are you allowed to because you're in halls? Like yeah,
1: once? so the school probably, I think the school will probably delay. Um, yeah. I'm anticipating that. In saying that, she, the, the lady who is in charge of, sort of the facilities there, she's amazing. Like, her communication is outstanding. So, if anything comes up, I'll know, like, 10 seconds later, yeah. um, which is awesome. Like, I just have such good people that I'm... I mean, you know, like a landlord, I guess you could call them. If you've got a good landlord, your life's pretty easy, right? Um, yeah. oh. And the rec centre that I'm a part of would technically be classified as a gym. So, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of tracking to see whether it's going to open and just sort of touching base with them to see whether they're going to allow things to have, um, to run. However, I don't know if you're going to put the earlier part of our conversation in, but the, the whole 10 people per studio limit may or may not throw me i might end up inviting the people who have supported us through zoom basically they'll get first preference because i feel like if they've been there for the whole you know kerfuffle then i think they deserve to you know be there face to face um and then open it up to others but if that happens yeah definitely running like a condensed version of the of the timetable, or sorry, an expanded version of the timetable. I'm so used to saying condensed after Zoom, (laughs) an expanded version of the timetable, possibly like shorter classes, more of them. Um, Not super keen on that though, to be completely honest. I don't know everyone else's approach, but I just feel like, because this whole year has been a muck around, I'm kind of like inclined to, instead of just continually muck around until we're back to normal, I'm kind of inclined to just last it out Tell everyone, guys, we're coming back. It's going to happen, but I need you to just wait another month or two or whatever it might mean, and then we can just kick off as we were instead of, like, faffing through this weird phase of, you know, stage 29, stage 29B. I'm just – I don't know. Yeah, it kind of – I don't know if it's more of a mess around for people and myself. So we'll see. It's a bit up in the air at the moment, to be completely honest with you. Um uh what are
0: you doing yeah well i'm unsure i'm kind of going you know two hours at a time in my life um (laughs) but we have some school holidays work like workshops happening which are fun you know out of the ordinary stuff like we've got a cheerleading class a stage makeup tutorial um, dance games like things that aren't necessarily in our weekly timetable which will be fun
1: yeah
0: um and then those who want to have a break can have a break. And then when we come back for term four, I, I made a roadmap and sent it to my staff yesterday, I think. <laughs> um okay. yeah. roadmap is my new favorite term now. But yeah, we're looking at a three-week Zoom program similar to what we've been doing. Yep. And then we'll be close to that October um 26th date, then where things might change. So we'll probably take a week off and and rejig and hopefully the next three weeks we can do a bit of um, in-person and virtual like even if it's just the teachers teaching zoom from the studio we'll do that um just to slowly get people back um but yeah assuming we'll do three weeks of zoom but hopefully teachers in in the studio or private lessons maybe as well and then again we'll probably do a week off and rejig for november 23rd predicted opening date Um, and then run some in-person classes at the studio. But, you know, like we said before with the restrictions, it's not going to be financially viable to run really small classes because all of the overheads um, will come back as soon as we start operating. Yeah, 100%. And I just can't afford to run at a loss this side of Christmas and then last through to February.
1: Yeah. Are you going to try and open up? Are you going to see what I was, I was considering is delaying until things are actually open. I, I was planning on trying to run through possibly like the summer, but I just don't think kids will be overly keen to continue doing things indoors if they've been stuck indoors for the whole entire year. So I reckon like everyone's going to be wanting to go to the beach and things like that. Because um, I know a few studios are going to try and run basically through January as well
0: um yeah we'll do some workshops i feel like you know once a week workshops are super fun and i think the kids who love dance will still be interested
1: yeah i'm the same as you i'm the same as you so who knows but i don't
0: think it'll be successful to run you know part of term four or part of term one in january i think you know families need a break they need to get away they need to yeah be outside playing and being free
1: get off the computers and i'm like you know i I support people getting away stepping back from the screens like i i personally you know like i need a break from it too so i feel like yeah despite it being less than what we're used to it feels like more so
0: yeah um, and what do you think the biggest challenge will be for us all when we do reopen
1: i think connection i'm really concerned that like a lot of people will lose that sort of social interaction like we won't know how to yeah be around be around each other without making each other feel uncomfortable
0: yeah
1: um even like you know walking the dog down the street like people don't stop and say hi or pat him anymore you know like there's this weird like standoffish thing that I'm I'm a little bit worried is going to happen like obviously yeah. the one, the ones who you've seen consistently will probably um, They'll probably be okay, but yeah, the new ones who come in that we haven't seen over Zoom and things like that, I'm concerned that it's just going to be this. Yeah, and I, I really hope, I really, really hope that we can kind of educate people to go back to being, like, safe, but also uh, human, yep. you know? I don't want people to be, like, robots. Um, yeah. That's my biggest concern. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm not concerned financially. The school will bounce back. Um, I'm not concerned about numbers. Kids will always want to dance. They're going to yep. return. Um, I'm just concerned about what happens inside the classroom and how we sort of, yeah, interact. That's my biggest fear or worry. Um, It
0: makes it really hard for us as teachers because the kids are going to be at school playing as per normal and then they'll come to dance and we're like, no, 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 you've got to stand apart and that's too close and wear a mask. Like, yeah, it's going to be really challenging. What advice would you give yourself if you could go back and and go to day one of the studio? What would you advise young jack
1: to do i would say to young young jack um you know what my first thing i would say to you is you should have you're already too late i would have said that actually i probably would have well, i would have gone back three years before i even had the little idea and got the keys to the first you know hall and told myself three years earlier hey it's time to go you know let's get this thing off the, off the ground and running because i think you know those first initial six months of wasted time, you know, oh, I need to get my website together, da 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 da, like all those little things. Oh, I need to pay for my ABN, how do I do an ABN? What's an ABN? How do I do my tax? All those little things. I just hadn't had experience those before. So I would have said, Yeah, I would have travelled back in time six years and said, let's get this thing going. That would be my first piece of advice. Start early. Um, because, you know, I just think with this kind of uh I mean, I think it's just any small business, right? Whenever you're just in your own small business, you just have to learn on the go. Yeah. Like you can prep only so much and then the rest of the time, you're just going to be learning as you go. You've got to make your mistakes. So that would have been step one, step, or at least, you know, thing one, thing two, zoom forward in time. Um,
0: we don't use that word in this conversation. Like
1: zoom, that. sorry. Uh <laughs> If I was in 2015, the day that I was opening the studios, you know what? Not a lot. I'm actually, and I think it's quite, it's going to sound egotistical when I say it, but I feel like I'm happy with the mistakes I made and I'm happy with the progress and the way things have gone. I probably would have said connect to a few more studio owners because I only had about three or four that I was really sort of like vibing with and working off. And I just think what you've done and what, you know, a lot of the studios in Melbourne have done. Unfortunately, some have chosen, I think, and not that path. But, you know, we're all in this together at the end of the day. I'm not stepping on your toes. You're, you know, no one who's coming to me is going to you. And even next door or across the road, you know, if people like what I've got to offer more than what they've got to offer. Then I think you can be confident in the fact they're going to stick around with you. So there's no harm in asking those people for advice and, you know, like going out and, and looking for it. Because I think there's just, there's more there than what I, what I thought. So I would say do your research, connect with some mentors, um, and then maybe also offer ballet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe do some ballet at the studio, despite the fact you don't know what you're doing really. I've done about eight ballet classes in my life, so i um, not going to even attempt to teach that. But get someone in who loves it as much as what I love what I do and they can do that side of things. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the 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 way I would have approached it. Yeah, I was just confident. I was a confident twenty whatever year old coming into this little world, trying to make it work. And I and I and I I'm, you know I always would say I'm my own biggest supporter and proud of myself for the way I've handled it. And you know I'm grateful and thankful, but also there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, as I'm sure you would know. You know, and yeah, I'm I'm happy with the journey I've had so far and excited to see where we end up going. Like I said, I think this day and age, after this whole bubble. I, uh, the advice I'd give to myself is you really need to hit the ground running. Otherwise you're going to fall behind. So that's what we plan on doing 2021.
0: Sounds good. I think that's all. Is there anything else you wanted to share?
1: Um, it's so weird because it's just like such a not normal conversation. Hey, like we're having this weird, like in the middle of a pandemic chat, uh, at the moment. Probably not. I'd say just thanks for having me on board and good luck to all the other studio owners out there and for anyone tuning into the podcast, you know, um, I don't know, reach out if it's something that you want to do. There's a lot of people out there who can, who can help you. And yeah, this is such a great uh, asset that you guys have. So use it is probably all I'd say. And yeah, thanks for setting it all up and getting me on board.
0: No worries. It was my pleasure.